Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Community group season. We're launching it today with a, with a big celebration, a big party. I think part, our, our Sundays here are always parties. Come on, somebody. Sundays here are celebrations as it should be. Um, I remember I used to look at, look at coming to church like a family reunion because that's exactly what it is, you know. I mean, some of us see each other during the week, but the reality is, you know, we kind of go our separate ways. We go to our homes. We go to our communities, neighborhoods we live in, and we go to work, you know, throughout the week, and then we come on Sunday, and we're all here for the same reason, right? Come on, how many, how many are here for Jesus, right? We're here to worship him. We're here to glorify him. I mean, I know sometimes we get stuck in those ruts. We, we come for ourselves because we know we need it, but, but ultimately we get what we need when we get our priorities right, and then our priority should always be to worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what we're here to do, but um, let's give it up one more time. One more time. I know we've been doing a lot, but one more time for our community group leaders. Our community group leaders are awesome. We're so thankful for them. It's going to be a great season. There's going to be a lot of community. There's going to be a lot of freedom. There's going to be a lot of discipleship going on in this season, so we are really excited about that. But before we plow forward, I have to, I just feel so strong on us. We have to talk about what has just happened these last 21 days, right? So welcome to day 22 of the rest of your life. This is day 22 of the rest of your life. Something started three weeks ago, and uh, this is not an ending to anything. This is not an ending. This is a beginning. We said that last night, but we really truly mean it. This is a beginning of something completely new, and I believe this fast has caught the attention of heaven. I really do. I think this fast has showed God that this church means father's business. Father's business. There's a great passage in Luke chapter 2. It's, it's early in the gospel where Jesus, one of my favorite little, little excerpts because as a parent, I can't imagine doing this. But, but Mary and Joseph, Jesus' earthly parent, they, they lost him. They lost Jesus. They couldn't find him. And they were going, and they were going crazy trying to, where did Jesus go, right? I mean, how do you lose Jesus? How do you lose the Messiah? But they lost him. And so uh, eventually the, the, the scripture uh, comes to show that they, they find him in the temple. And he's leading a Bible study at 12 years old with a bunch of religious leaders, right? And he's schooling them. He's asking questions. He's answering their questions. He's just doing what Jesus did except he's 12 years old. And so when they find him, there's this exchange that goes on. And Jesus says to his parents from, at 12 years old, he says to his parents, he says, hey, why are you looking for me? Didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? Right? Love that. And we are about father's business in this church because you know what? Prayer and fasting is father's business. Community is about father's business. Worshiping him like we just did is about father's business. Celebrating in a moment. We have s'mores out there. And just so you know, I might get to this later, but the reality is a s'more is not done accurately unless you have a Reese's peanut butter cup instead of a, instead of a, a her, just letting you know. Okay? Just so you guys know. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Eating a s'more with the, with the people of God is father's business. But, but Jesus was about father's business, and we've been about father's business. And so when we do that, what happens is, and whether you're aware of this or not, this is what happened in these last three weeks. You've been reorienting your mind around the things of God. 
The Bible talks about in Romans chapter 12 how, how we are transformed. We're not conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewal of our mind. So you were born again at a, at, at a particular time when you, when you accepted Jesus, but that was your spirit. Your body and your soul still need saving. Your body and your soul still needs renewing. And that's what we do when we're getting into those, those spaces like fasting is, is we're, we're renewing our mind. We're reorienting our lives. And we have new priorities. We have new values. We have, we have new. Everything becomes new. And God is so pleased with that. He is so pleased with that. And one of the things that, that I, I kept coming back to in, in my own uh, time with this fast is that I just want to know him. I just want to know him. Paul talks about it in Philippians chapter 3. He says, I want to know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. And I'm like, Paul, didn't you know him? Like, didn't you like, write two-thirds of the New Testament and start all these churches? Didn't you know him? He says, yeah, but I want to know him more. Anybody out there want to just know him more? You just want to, you hunger for more. You hunger for more. Yeah. That's what day 22 is all about. And guess what? That's what day 23 will be all about. And what day 24 will be all about. Because we are not doing business as usual. Business as usual in this church has ended. It's ended. I mean, we're still going to be coming Sunday. You're still going to be seeing all this stuff. You're still going to be seeing, seeing this, the same team. We're, we're going to be doing community groups, a lot of the same things. But, but there's something on the undercurrent that has shifted. And I'm only repeating what, what our pastor said last week. He said something shifted. Something shifted. We talked about um, Caleb who has a different spirit. There's a different spirit in this church now. And so, and so just get ready because it's going to be different. It's just going to be different. We're not doing things like we used to do them. And the other thing is, and I don't know, is anybody bold enough to say you, you, this is the first time you fasted? You were to church, you, you fasted for the first time, a couple of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things you guys probably realize, cause when, when we say fasting, some people are like, what in the world are you talking about? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not eating meat. Anybody lay down coffee for, for the last couple of, yeah, yeah, right? I'm not drinking coffee, right? Are you crazy? Yeah, we're kind of crazy. We're, we're kind of crazy. Right? But here's what, here's what we're learning. We're learning that our primary resources are, are not natural, they're supernatural. So, yeah, we, we, we need air, we need water, we need food. We need, we need all that, obviously, to sustain ourselves. But what we're learning is there's something more important, there's something more superior, there's something more valuable. It's supernatural, and it's the undercurrent of our lives that's really, truly sustaining what God has us on this earth for. I don't know, I'm just excited about it. Nothing ended last night. Something has begun. There is a door that has opened, and we're going to see it. We're going to experience it. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm here actually to talk about community, not, not fasting. So I got, I got to get to my message because uh, I got a countdown in front of me, and I don't like clocks, all right? I don't like clocks because I can only clear my throat in 10 minutes, all right? So when, when the clock hits zero, I'll be done with my introduction. Well, anyway, <clears throat> Pastor West kind of laid the foundation of this whole series, a fantastic series. He started talking about how fasting in fasting, what we're doing is we're creating space for breakthrough. We're creating space. We're moving things out of the way. We're moving other things in. He said prayer is the language of breakthrough. That's what we've been doing together, collectively, individually. We've been praying, and that's the language of breakthrough. God hears our prayers. I mean, believe God hears our prayers. Come on. And he longs to answer those prayers. And when he hears those prayers that are, that are in faith and according to his word, breakthrough takes place. Prayer is the language of breakthrough. And then last week he talked about how God's word it gives us the instructions for breakthrough. So this morning, what I want to talk to you about in the brief two hours that I have with you guys is this. I'm trying to convince myself. <clears throat> We're talking about how community is where we experience breakthrough. Community 
is where we experience breakthrough. Now, I know Darren did a great job in that video, and he said, like, Sunday is about, like, listening, okay, where community is about talking. Well, look, I like when you talk back, so you can talk to me, all right, when I'm preaching. I preach better when you talk to me, all right? So don't just listen, just participate, all right? So if you hear something good, you can shout amen, all right? If you hear something good, you can nod your head and say, mm-hmm, all right? But whatever. There we go, come on. Actually, you'll make the time go even faster, so stop, all right. I want to talk about community this morning, and I want to read from a passage uh, that's very, very, very important to me. It's in Psalm 133. So we're going to put it on the screen, but I'm going to read it from my old ripped-up Bible here. Yeah. It's been used, yeah. Actually, my four-year-old, I think, ripped that page, so that's... Anyway, here we go. (laughs) How many love the Word of God? I love the Bible. Believe it's true. You believe it's true? I do too. Psalm 133 says this, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren, that's the old word for brothers and sisters, to dwell together in unity. goes on to say, It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron. Aaron was the high priest. Running down on the edge of his garment. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, and life forevermore. Let's pray. Father, thank you for all that you're doing this morning. We do believe that you're too good not to believe. And so we thank you, God, for just speaking to our hearts this morning in these few short moments, God, that you would just light us on fire and truly create um, a conviction about the importance of community and how community opens the door for your breakthrough. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. And amen. Everybody say community. Tell your neighbor, say, you need to get in community. See, it got a little lower than that. No, come on. Tell them. Say, you need to get in community. You need to get in community. That's right. Yeah. So community is such a cool word. Community community is a, is a compound word that literally comes from the idea of common unity. That's where it comes from, common unity. And it speaks of, and David's singing about this, of course, because psalms are songs. He's singing about God's heart. God's vision, what I believe is God's plan A for all of us, and that is a people who share the same vision, the same values, the same ideals. Now, how many know that's, that's hard to get in a room? That's hard to get in a room. What we're seeing in, in this portrait of Psalm 133 is so contrary to what we normally experience in the world. Because in the world, which is ruled by the kingdom of darkness, in the world, we have fraction, we have disunity, we have division, right? That's what we see and experience in the world. But see, in the church, God's vision for his people, God's vision for his larger community is right here. How good and how pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity. And so it's this idea of dwell. This is, again, the New King James Version, so maybe it's not the version you typically read, but it has this word dwelt. They dwelt together. Dwelt literally means, in the Hebrew, it means tent or tabernacle. So in those days, of course, most of these people, they lived under tents. And they're living and acting and relating as family. Tent also speaks of the tabernacle that God housed himself in. So he's got this sense of like, when you come together in unity, you're not only coming together as a people group, but you're coming together with me because that's where I lived as well. But the whole idea here is this, this, this sense of, of unity, unity, unity. And this is God's grand vision. If you go all the way back to the beginning in the book of Genesis, God spells it out very clearly. Now, maybe it's not as clear to you and me.
But God wants us to live in harmony. But it's beyond just occupying the same space together. Beyond just sitting in the same, next, next to each other in the same seat. Even dwelling in the same house. Just because you live with someone doesn't mean you have unity. Just because you work in the same office complex doesn't mean you have unity. <laughs> I'm not going there. All right? Anyway, Nancy will go there, but I'm not going there. Just because you, you know, there's going to be 68, 70,000 people at two different games today wearing the same jerseys for the most part. Just because you wear the same jersey doesn't necessarily mean you got unity. The unity that God's talking about here is actually something that you and I cannot produce in and of ourselves. So that can be like the bummer. How good and how pleasant it is when brethren come together and dwell in unity. Guess what? You and I cannot manufacture that. And one of the indicators of that is, is the, the, the illustrations he gives. He, sa he says it's like, it's like the precious oil, the anointing oil that was poured on the head of a priest. And then he says, and I want you to pay attention to this. And then he says, what happens is this oil runs down. It runs down. Everybody say runs down. It runs down the head, the beard, all throughout the garments. What's God saying to us? He's saying this anointing, this blessing in the midst of unity is not meant for one person or two people or three people or four people. This blessing is meant for all of us. It's all of our responsibility. You have as much a responsibility to steward unity as Pastor Wes does or, or Pastor Diana does or anybody else in the leadership. We all have a shared responsibility for unity. Because it runs down. It runs down. In other words, it comes from above. It comes from above. If something's coming downward, then it, then it must have been sourced from above. And that's what this unity comes from. It comes from above. For, for us who live in the new, new covenant, we understand this. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Come on, where's Nelson? I know he was there at some point. Right now, it comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of unity. And so he, he births something on the inside. of He births a unity that we cannot birth ourselves. And so... When we talk about this, this vision that God has for unity, it starts in the garden. And I want to give you a Hebrew word. Andrew's going to put it on the screen, this Hebrew word. You might have heard it before. It's, it's, it's called shalom. Now, for a lot of us, shalom is translated in English. It's, this is the Hebrew word, of course. It's translated in English, peace. It, it was sort of the customary greeting or the customary uh, benediction you would say to, say to somebody who was incoming or outgoing. You say, you say shalom. It was just... It was the customary thing to do in those days, okay? But this is the problem with the English, English language. How I many know English language? We got, we got problems. We got problems with the English language. <laughs> the problem with the English language is this. Shalom doesn't just mean peace as we understand peace. Shalom in Hebrew, Hebrew is like a, Hebrew is like a fig tree. It's got branches all over the place. So if you ask what shalom means, you can't, you can't define it with one word because it has so much going on. It's a beautiful tapestry, right? So what does it mean? It means things like this. It means order. It means, it means symmetry. It means completeness. It means perfection. It means everything's working properly. How many like it when things work properly? See, in, in the garden, this is what God created. This is what God created everything to be. So whether it was sun, moon, and stars, whether it was, whether it was the animals, whether it was the vegetation, whatever it was, everything was done with shalom. The intention was shalom. And so in shalom, here's what, here's what it looked like at the end of day six. Here's what it looked like. God is, is connected to his creation perfectly. There's order. There's beauty. There's harmony. 
God creates man on the sixth day. Man is connected to God. And there is no fraction. There is no division. There's no disunity. There's no questioning. There's no skepticism. There's none of that. There's, there's absolute perfect connection between God and human beings. And then here's the other thing. There's perfection and completeness in marriage. Adam and Eve, which, of course, was the only human relationship at that point, but it represents all human relationships. So there's no, there's, there's, there's no fraction. There's no, there's no nothing. There's no separation. There's no, there's no competing. There's no, none of that stuff. There's shalom. And you could, you could even spread it out to how, how creation and, and God and creation and humanity, everything is just working properly. Everything. That's shalom. When you read Genesis 1 and 2, it's shalom. There's actually some Hebrew scholars that believe that when, when God was creating the world, he actually was singing it. He didn't just speak it into existence. He was actually singing it because in Hebrew, Genesis 1 and 2 has a rhythmic uh, aspect to it, almost like a melody, which is so kind of cool. To, what does God sound like when he sings? Mm. But, of course, quickly we understand this. Shalom is going to be shattered. Shalom is going to be shattered. Right? We're going to screw it up. We're going to screw it all up. And shalom becomes shattered. And you have brokenness. And you have division. And you have disunity. And you have divorce. And you have violence. And you have destruction. You have all this stuff that's going to spell out the rest of Genesis. Right? But I want you to fix your mind on going back to the, to the original intention of God in the garden. Shalom. Shalom is what we're reading here in Psalm 133. It's just repeating itself. How good and how pleasant it is when brothers and sisters who come from different backgrounds, who have different perspectives, who are different colors, who have, speak different languages, who like different football teams. But please, everybody root for the Eagles today. Anyway, so I just got to dip my feet in those waters. Anyway, when, when despite all of that, we come together and we unite around King Jesus, we unite around the fact that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and there is, no, there is no other approach to the Father except through him, right? We unite around that, and then through uniting around that, the Holy Spirit does something on the inside of us where not only do I begin to, to, to love you, I begin to like you. I mean, it's incredible how that works. Like I hear people all the time, I, well, I, I know i got to love them, but I don't like them. No, we start to like each other. We start to like each other because the Holy Spirit is doing something on the inside of us that we would not do in and of ourselves. Because the reality is this. If I'm not saved, I might not be hanging out with you. And you might not be hanging out with me. In fact, I probably wouldn't even be in this state right now if I wasn't saved. You know, there's no good reason why all of us should be in this room together this morning except the Holy Spirit. Except the Holy Spirit. And he's a type and shadow of this oil that just gets all up on the head of the priests. And it's running down and it's touching and permeating every part of the body. Setting off an incredible and a really attractive fragrance to the world. I mentioned the Facebook Live a few weeks back. I mean, it really cut me. Jesus says he's praying, he's praying um, uh, to his father in John chapter 17. It's a high priestly prayer. And he's praying and he's like, Lord... I want my people, your church, I want them to be one just as you and I are one. And when they're one just as I and you and I are one, what's going to happen is the whole world is going to know that you love them as much as you love me. So what, what, we can do all of our evangelistic programs, we can do all of our outreaches, and we do, right? We, we hustle to make, to make Winter Garden understand that Jesus Christ is Lord and there is no other. But the, the fact of the matter is this. While all that's good, 
the, the increase tends to be sporadic. People will come in, wow, you guys got incredible, incredible programs. Wow, you guys, you guys are really creative. Wow, you guys really love and you have great compassion. And, and, and they'll come in, in in drips and droves. But here's the thing. When we unite, I mean really unite, and we don't just walk by each other and be like, what's up? I'm like, when we, re- we really unite, we got 400 plus strong when we're all here. When we really, really unite, the world's going to take notice. I'm telling the world is going to take notice. And they're going to say, I want some of that. I want whatever those people have, whatever they have, I want, I want that. I want that. So this is the power of community. This is the, and and, and the, the best part of this verse to me, I mean, if we, if we go down to verse 3, he says, it's like the dew of Hermon. Hermon was the largest mountain range in, in Israel. He said, descending upon the mountains of Zion. Here he says, for there, for there, the Lord commanded the blessing and life forevermore. What's the there? What's the there? Well, the there connects to the first verse. The there is speaking about unity. Where does God, where does God command the blessing? He commands the blessing in the midst of our unity. What a picture. God commands it. He declares it. He decrees it. He declares a blessing when we walk in unity. I want to know what that blessing is like. I have a glimpse of it because I've been in community groups. So I know there's freedom that comes in community. Come on, if you've had freedom in community, just let's, right? I know there's freedom in community. I've made friends in community. I've made family in community. Darren said it. He's like, I, I get in community groups, and I got people, they're like family. He texted me last night. He's not here. He's, he's away uh, with his family. And um, he just said, hey, I'm rooting for you tomorrow morning, bro. He's become family. He's become family, right? You find that in community groups. And as much as, and I've heard Wes say this multiple times uh, in the last couple of years that I've been here, that the best part about this church is community groups. I, I can't disagree with them. I love the worship. Where's Andrew? Andrew's up here. Killed it this morning. Killed it. I love, I love when Diane is singing. I love when these guys, you know, I love it. I love it. But you know what? There's something powerful, powerful about community groups. And I don't know where everybody is in this room. I mean, you, you might be just stepping into the curiosity category. Because you're just like, I'm just checking things out. That's cool. That's cool. Right? But a great place to, 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 to position yourself. If you want, if you're just kind of fed up with yourself, like, I'm just so sick and tired of myself. I'm just so tired. I'm sick. I'm tired. I'm tired. Of my, right? I'm tired of the same old, same old, same old. Right? Get into a community group. Make yourself vulnerable. Make yourself accountable. Right? If, maybe join a different community group. If you've been here for a couple, join a, join a community group where you don't even know who that person is. And you're like, I'm, I'm just going to step out into those waters where I'm, I'm just, I want to meet some, I want to get some larger community. Larger community. Because what community is going to do is it's going to create this blessing. I believe as much as this fast has attracted the, the, the attention of heaven, our community over the next three or four months, we're going we're to attract the presence of God. And if there's one thing you need, I don't, I don't know all of you personally, but I can tell you this. There's one thing I know that you need right now, it's more of his presence. Amen. Amen. And does God show up in your bedroom? Does God show up, you know, when you're driving to work? Does, yeah, of course he does. He shows up in a secret place, right? That's where the father is. He's waiting for us in a secret place. But I'm telling you, there's something special when you come together, just like the scripture says, and you dwell together in unity, God shows up. He shows up, and he shows out, and he speaks, and he declares, and he releases. There's some of us who are going to receive physical healing in community groups this year. Cannot explain it. 
but I believe it with all my heart. Physical healing. Why? Just because the blessing of God is commanded when we come together. It's not something that you can explain. And someone may be like, well, that's, that's illogical. It's not illogical if you come from the perspective of God. Who's, who saw this, this, this large body of water and said, I, I want you to part. Who'd walk up to dead people and said, now, 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 now rise to your feet. Who'd go to people who were, who, were, who were handicapped and crippled for their whole lives, right, and just one word, one word, God would speak one word to them, and, they, and, and they, would, they would come to life and they'd be fully healed, right? It's not illogical to God for us to come together and experience the blessing of shalom. Everybody say shalom. There's one more word here before we close. Is this really six minutes? Andrew, are you speeding up the clock? Are you speeding up the clock? Yeah, I see you back there. Anyway, is the word together. It's the word together. Guys, we're going to do incredible things if we do it together. This is just a beginning. If we can grab a hold of this idea of together. I mean, I've come to the place in my life, I'm 47 years old. I've been married almost 24 years now. I've been pastoring over, over 20 years, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's faithful. I am not. He's faithful. But I can tell you this. I don't want to do it alone. And if I give you just a quick testimony before I show you a picture. When we came here after living 45 years in New York, it was lonely. I mean, we left a community. We left a family. We left our natural family. Right? All of our family members are back there. All of our church is back there. Right? We, we, didn't, we didn't cut and run because there was something going wrong with our church. our church. Our church is going strong. We love them. They love us. You know, we came here on assignment from God. Didn't know it was going to lead to Hope Church, but I'm so glad that it did. <laughs> I'm so glad that it did. But we got here, and I remember the, the first couple, actually we came here in a hurricane. <laughs> hurricane Elsa. And uh, welcome to Florida. Um, but we got here, and we were, we were kind of hunkered down in our living room. Um, we didn't know nothing. The only time I had been to Central Florida before was to go to Disney World. You know? Didn't know anybody. Didn't know church. Had to Google search churches. It was lonely. And, and that first Sunday, we, we ended up going to a church, not this church. We went, went to a church. Um, good church. We walked in and we were strangers. We didn't know anybody. They didn't know us. You know, a few people reached out their hands. We're friendly. But, man, that feeling is a feeling I don't ever want to feel again. And I remember when we pulled in. I've told this story many times. We pulled into the, the parking lot. Lance Bowling's the first dude I saw. You were the first picture of Hope Church I got, bro. Um, I pulled in the parking lot. Lance is out there with his sign, smiling. I'm like, wow. And then, I mean, it felt like as soon as we got out of the car, people were just embracing us and welcoming us. We get into the, into the, into the, the why, and it's like, oh, my goodness, like the vibe. Because the vibe in this church was so incredible. And it was like instantly we felt a part of something. And then, of course, because this stuff takes time, you know, we started started meeting people, started getting to community groups, and, and, and started coming, coming regularly on Sunday, and kids were going to students, and it was like, man, it, I love this feeling. I don't ever want to do life alone again. And here's the cool thing, guys. No matter if this is your first time here or you've been coming forever, you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. And if you just scan, you know, 
the, the seats around you. Like, these are all people. They might not be family just yet, but I promise you, as we walk this thing out, as we allow the Holy Spirit to do a new thing on the inside of us, each and every person in this room is, is your, now your family member. Because in a spiritual sense, it's true. We're brothers and we're sisters. Welcome to the family. Amen. Let me close with this. I want to put this picture. Andrew, you got a picture of that tree? You wouldn't believe the, uh, the effort it took to get this picture. <laughs> but this is, a, this is a picture of one of the largest trees in the world. There's those redwood, those sequoias out in the West Coast. Never been out in the West. I've been all over the world except the West Coast. It's just <laughs> These trees are so massive. Redwoods can grow up to 300 feet high, and they're 20 to 25 feet wide in proximity. They're massive. You can see they're massive, massive trees. Here's the cool thing about redwoods. Redwoods actually grow, are shaped, and are established in tribes, in little communities. They, they literally thrive because they're in proximity to one another. So you think of the strongest, most secure, most stable, massive trees are literally interconnected at the roots. The roots can go out 50 to 100 feet. And they're interlaced and they're intertwined and interconnected with one another. They're actually, they pass nutrients to one another. So the strength of one tree is the strength of another tree. And the health of one tree is the health of another. So when the wind blows out there, guess what? They don't blow. And when the rain and the storm comes, guess what? They're standing strong. Why? Because they're together. Because they're united. Because they're working properly. Because they're feeding each other. Because how blessed it is, how good and how pleasant it is when trees can come together in unity. Come on, if trees can come together in unity and be strong and be healthy, you and I as God's people, you and I in God's church can do the same thing. So I want you to stand to your feet this morning. Community group launch party in about two minutes. We got s'mores. And I had to tell you this because Diana, Diana said it. And it, it, just, it just rose up in my spirit uh, the other day. She said, we're going to have s'mores. I said, why are we having s'mores? Right? It's not summer. We're not camping. She said, because chocolate's good by itself. And graham crackers are good by itself. And even sometimes marshmallows are good by itself. She said, but when you put them together, they're better together, baby. And I was like, that'll preach. That will preach. That will preach. So we're going to celebrate. So you got to go out and just take a bite of a s'more. Just take a bite of it. Why? Because we're, we're expressing what we're going to walk in over these next three weeks. When you get into a community group, we're going to walk in unity. It's going to be good. It's going to be pleasant. We're going to experience the shalom of God. We're going to experience the blessing that comes when we walk in unity. Can everybody say amen? amen. I want to pray for you guys here this, this morning. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing in this house. Thank you for these beautiful people who are, who are here for you. They're here for you, God, for no other reason than because they, they want more of you. They want more of you. And we're going to get more of you, God, Lord, as we continue to show up in these groups. As we continue to show up, God, on Sunday morning, not just to receive, but also to give, but also to bless, but also to experience you in ways, the dynamics, oh God, that we can't even explain. We'll look at each other and we're like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And so, God... Would you move now on, on, on behalf of not only just our group leaders, but everybody who will join the groups. Would you move on our behalf, oh God? Unite us together like never before. And let it always be done.
for the beautiful, matchless, mighty, majestic name, the name above all names, the name by which every man under earth shall be saved, the name of Jesus. We give you the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.